It's a new day. Yes, it is. The Back Row Morning Show. The Back Row Baptist Podcast. The morning Side Hug. The Back Row with Matt and Mo. He's Matt. I'm Mo. We're just like, hey, we got microphones. You're tuned in to the Back Row Rewind. The best of Matt and Mo. Welcome to the Back Row Rewind. Thank you for joining us this Thursday. We're going to take a, a special kind of rewind today. We're going back, way back, to the Back Row Baptist podcast, which Matt and Mo hosted. Uh, but there were also quite a few other friends that would join them for these shows uh, and talk about various topics, have a bunch of goofy fun. And uh, today we're going for a trifecta of three marriage focused episodes. They were all very short, so each segment is going to be an episode. But uh, this first one, we're going to take us back to, I think, one of the earliest episodes of the podcast. It's called Married with Issues. Here we go. Welcome to episode 7 of the Back Row Podcast. I'm Matt Coker, Ministry Director of the Back Row. Sitting next to me today is Kevin Wellborn. Introduce yourself, Kevin. Hey, uh, my name's Kevin Wellborn. Also returning to the show today is Cipriano Martinez. Introduce yourself, Cip. Uh, my name's Cipriano Martinez, and I'm glad to be back to this podcast. And finally, a fresh voice coming from our mic to your ears is Megan Oaks. Introduce yourself, Megan. Hi, I'm Megan Oaks. <laughs> you already introduced us. So you asked us to introduce ourselves. To, you know, I'm a wife and mom. Not, there we go. This is what I'm talking about. Man. Your Twitter bio. That's what you should have used. <laughs> that's what I should have used. Sorry. Yes, um, Backpack Ninja. TV enthusiast. No. Husband of, TV husband of five. I mean, cop. Husband. Oh. <laughs> Father of five. Celebrity husband of one. <laughs> Today on the back row, we're talking about marriage, specifically the idea that all of us have once had, and many of you might be thinking now, that marriage will solve all of our problems. That's right, we're going to get real today. But first, it's game time. Today, we're going to play a new game called True Lies. This game is pretty simple. Uh, Each of our players have given me one fact about themselves. Now, it may be a true fact, or it may be a bold-faced lie. Only I and the storyteller know for sure. This game will consist of three rounds. Each round, I will read one of our contestants' fact. The other two will have 60 seconds to interrogate the storyteller. Once the 60 seconds is over, the other two have to guess if it's true or if it's a lie. If they guess it right, they get a point. If they guess wrong, that point goes to the storyteller, which means it's possible that the storyteller can win two points in a round. At the end of three rounds, whoever has the most points wins. In the event of a tie, I have a tiebreaker trivia question about myself. Make sense? Yes. Got it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Now, uh, as you may know, Kevin Wellborn is our current reigning back row champion and a holder of the back row fee. Boo! (laughs) The title is in play for this challenge, so we will have a new champion, or Kevin will cement his legacy for at least one more week. Surely. Megan, Cipriano, Kevin, are you all ready? Yes. Yes. I am ready. The back row fee will be mine. All right. In the hot seat right now is Kevin. I'm going to be reading his submitted fact. It is... I once ran into a fence full speed, face first. Megan, <laughs> Megan and Cipriano, you have one minute to interrogate him. 
starting now. Where was this fence at? This fence was at uh, the baseball fields, youth baseball fields. No, How old were Jacobs. you? Uh, ten. What color was the fence? Just a pretty standard gray chain link fence. <laughs> so it was, it was chain link, not wood. Did any of your friends also run into the same fence? No, I was the only one. Uh, you just looked enough. left when I asked you that yeah, question. Yeah. All, all oh. like the other questions, you look right. That one, you look left. Okay, so fair enough. Using <laughs> some psychology here. Yeah. <laughs> was it a dare, or did you purposely run into this? Uh, you know, somebody just said I wouldn't do it, so I was like, <laughs> "Watch this." <laughs> you text your dad. So much respect. My, <laughs> my dad will not return a text within twelve seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Seven seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did you hurt yourself? Yes, I broke my nose. You broke your nose. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. All right. So, uh, guesses. We'll start with Megan. Is this true or is it false? Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to say true. True. Sippy. I'm gonna say false. False. Oh man. All right. So. This actually, I didn't, I wasn't true about all the details, but I actually did run into it. The only thing that matters is the fact. Yeah, I did do that. (laughs) So you got it. One point. One point for Megan, and Cipriano missed his, so Kevin gets his point. And I was actually chasing a foul ball during a game. (laughs) I was getting after it. Coach was proud. See what I did there? Yeah. Coach was proud. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Sorry I didn't have any better facts. No, that's good. Okay. All right. Second fact, Megan is now in the hot seat. Mm. Her submitted answer is, I have been arrested, handcuffed, and placed in a holding cell. Kevin Cipriano, you have one minute starting now. Uh, what was your cellmate's name? Mm, there was no cellmate. I was oh. the only one. Okay. Um, what did it smell like in there? I don't, I don't recall what a what, smell. What color were the bars on your cell? They were metal. Metal. So standard bars. Standard bars. I don't know. I thought maybe holding cells for females, they glam them up. And standard. Like this. <laughs> there standard. was no glitter. Okay, I don't know. There was How no, old were you? Never been in jail. I was 18. You were 18. Mm-hmm. What was your offense? Driving on a suspended license. Mm. What were you driving on? Tell arrested and handcuffed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which state did this occur? Maryland. All right. What's your husband's name? My husband's name is Chris Oaks. All right. This whole podcast is about Mary, so. <laughs> Eight seconds. Did you get charged for the crime? Yes. Yes. Did you do oh, community man. service? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So guest time. Kevin. Okay. This is absolutely 100% true. True. Megan has a long list of uh, <laughs> grievous offenses against the state of Maryland. Right, I read one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was at one time. Oh, yeah, I still say true. Yeah. Cipriano. I'm gonna say false. I don't think she was false. in a holding cell. <laughs> Megan, it was is, it true? It is true. Yeah. All of my details were true. <laughs> All right. So can I confess? Well, I already knew that. 
Have I really told you that before? Yeah, I knew that too. But I, I've told. But you were going on the whim that she changed the details. I didn't think she about that. She changed the details slightly. Yeah. And also, uh, hopefully, she changed this. Slightly. I still get a point. See, I have no yeah, secrets. Well, it's a, it, well, it's a tie. <laughs> Kevin and Megan both get another tie. point. Sipriano still so zero. So Sippy's got to stump us here. Yeah, he does. So Stay we need to conspire and just not answer the same thing. You don't want to Because if we answer the same thing, we both miss it, then he gets two points. You don't want I'm to trying to dethrone you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. Don't conspire. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Third round here. Cipriano is in the hot seat. Here's his submitted fact I was nominated and won Homecoming King in the 11th grade. Kevin, Megan, you have 60 seconds to interrogate him starting now. All right, which high school? Tucum Carey High School. All right, go Who Rattlers. Who was the queen? Um, Becky um, Vella. 11th grade? Mm. 11th grade. Mm-hmm. Mm, shady. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what color was your tie? Um, I, didn't, I didn't wear a tie. Oh, okay. What color was your suit? <laughs> Did you wear a suit? I didn't wear a suit. So he was naked. You were nominated, <laughs> but not... You didn't win, but you were nominated. No, nominated and won. Nominated and won. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All right. Did uh, did you attend the homecoming dance? Of course. Yes. Okay. All right. Were what you... song did you dance to? <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. In eleventh grade, uh, he danced to uh, surely some Ace of Base was in there. <laughs> did you dance to Ace of Base? One second. Go. All right. <laughs> All right. Guesses. Kevin. Nominated and won. 11th grade. I'm going to say... I'm going to say false. All right. Mainly on the 11th grade aspect. Mm. Megan? I want to say false also, <laughs> but... <laughs> I really go don't with, want Kevin to win. Go with your gut. What? I'm going to say false. All right. It was true, and I got pictures. Oh, man. See, I would put that on a resume. All right. Well. All right. Here's the problem. There's a tie. Everybody has two. So. I think in Texas, you have to be the senior to be the homecoming king. All right. That's what, that's what, that only, the only reason I said false was 11th grade. Yes. Oh, well, what am I doing here? All right. You have to answer true or false. No, it's not going to be true or false. It's got to be a question. Oh, this is about you? They're all going to be different. Yeah. All right. Since it's a tie, everybody has two points. We're going to have one tiebreaker. I'm going to tell uh, a fact about me with an, kind of an open-ended question where y'all have to guess. Whoever is the closest to the oh, correct answer oh, okay, okay, okay. You go, will win. About you? Yeah. You will tell me. a fact about you yeah. or a lie? No, it's not going to be a lie. It'll be a fact, but you have to... You have to guess. Uh, just let me ask Open-ended it. question. Figure it out. Yeah, Here it is. Yeah, yeah, it's not just Here's the fact, and all of you know this. I collect... Funko Pop Get out of town. figures. <laughs> I have a lot of them. He does too. No, I do not. <laughs> I believe everybody in this house, everyone in this room has one in their house. Mm-hmm. But only because of you. <laughs> Some because of me, yes. The question is, how many Funko Pop figures do oh. I currently own? I'm texting Deidre. Oh, no, no. Anybody. <laughs> the person who is closest to that number will win. It's tough because I know that. No. Ten I seconds. Fact. How many? Do, oh, I have do, zero do, idea. Do, 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 if I lose the back row fee on how many do, 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 Funko Pops you have, <laughs> the 
the back row thing's not even worth having at that point. <laughs> all right, hold on. So these are the answers. Oh <laughs> <laughs> They're all wildly different. Cipriano guessed that I own 30 Funko Pop figures. Megan guessed that I own 1,782 Funko Pop figures. And Kevin, Kevin guessed that I own 347. Without going over? It doesn't matter about the over. Oh, yeah, 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 I own exactly 400. Yeah! <laughs> Back row feet with three in a row. Oh, and that is the game. Our winner is Kevin Wellborn again. So as I mentioned earlier, we're talking about a particular marriage myth today. But before we jump into the heart of that discussion, we're going to play a game that I didn't prepare them for or let them know was coming. Oh, I hate this game. <laughs> we're going to play questions only. Uh, no. The object of this, this game, game. Yeah, the object of this game is for my guests to act out a scene with the caveat being that they can only speak in questions. Two will start, and when one of them fails to ask a question or takes too long of a pause, I will buzz them out, and the other person will take their place. <laughs> this will continue until I am no longer amused. So, do y'all understand the rules? Yes. I think so. All right. Here's a scene. Cipriano and Megan are married. Oh, I'm already don't want to play this game. But <laughs> are fighting over whose turn it is to cook dinner, and it's escalated far enough that they need the, the pastor to counsel oh. them. And the pastor is also hungry and short on patience. Oh, my God. Angry. Angry. <laughs> Angry. We're going to start with Cibriano and Megan. <laughs> Megan, you're going to ask the first question. <laughs> Why won't you just let me cook dinner? Why do you not just open the fridge and start cooking yourself? Because you... <laughs> What's for dinner? What does it matter to you? Can't you tell that I'm starving? What do you got on your lip? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> what do you want to eat? What do you got the desire of making? What's in the cabinet? Whatever you put in there from the grocery store. That was a question. Oh! <laughs> oh, so it's me? Yeah. All right. Uh, would you guys be open to some counseling? Would you be open to some counseling? <laughs> Why do I need counseling? I'm just hungry. Why do I need counseling? <laughs> because you ended with a sentence. <laughs> I did, didn't yeah. I? Yes, you did. Yeah. I'm just an answer. <laughs> what took you so long to bake that bread? Bakes their own bread. What is this crusty stuff at the back of the fridge? Uh, you, I have no idea. <laughs> what does your wife say it is? I don't know. Why are you always complaining? Oh. Why don't you go see a counselor? Why don't you go see a counselor? Why don't we just sit down and watch TV together? Why don't you cook dinner? <laughs> Man. All right, that's enough. You guys are great. All right, we're going to take one more quick break. <laughs> we'll be right back with our final segment. Stick around. And now, Deep Thoughts with Matt Coker. I recently found out that women have Adam's apples, too. They're just much smaller on them. That or 
My wife has some explaining to do. This has been Deep Thoughts with Matt Coker. Welcome back to the Back Row Podcast. As I said, we're talking about marriage today, specifically the myth that the problems we have before we get married will go away after we get married. What I mean by that is stuff like money problems, anger issues, trust issues, personal bad habits, self-esteem, all that kind of stuff. Um, for instance, I used to have a problem with pornography, as a lot of men do, and I was kind of trying to fight it when I was younger, but never too hard. And uh, when my girl and I were planning our wedding, I convinced myself that once we got married, the need for that would go away. But of course, all of us who have ever come to that conclusion would soon find out that, nope, the problem does not go away that easy. Uh, The truth is, I think that one of the main reasons the divorce rate is so high these days is because a lot of couples get married because they think it's a cure-all for their issues. And uh, when that doesn't come to pass, they can't handle it. And they fight and they freak out and they ultimately decide that, oh, this person wasn't the right person for me or whatever Mm -hmm. and split. Uh, What do you guys think? Yeah, I certainly think it's... uh the notion of that your problems will go away when you're married is a uh, try not to be too harsh, but that's a ludicrous uh, notion because when you're married, uh, regardless of what your other background may be, your your life is new. The first year of any marriage, even if you came in with very minimal issues, uh, is going to be difficult because you've never uh, lived with that person. You've never been around the same person that much, not even your parents or your siblings growing up. So to assume that your problems will go away is is laughable because everything's new and you're trying to be uh, you're trying to learn how to be a husband or or a wife and yeah if anything you're walking into a whole new it, it, set of problems exactly, exactly. you know addition, I, yeah. a, a very wise person one time told me that we expect men to walk down the aisle uh, single uh, during their right before their wedding and then to walk out of the building. Married and know how to be a husband automatically. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it doesn't work like that. So your your problems are still going to be there uh, even after marriage. I, I mean that's a pretty obvious statement. Mm-hmm. But that's right. That's right. But then also you have to think about it coming into a marriage. Whenever you see something brand new, when whenever you go buy something brand new, you could have something that's broken. You want to go get a new one. Mm-hmm. You go buy something brand new. You expect it to work brand new you want to work 100 percent. everything's gonna be okay you ain't gonna have no problems with it and so the mind mm-hmm. you know your mind's telling you well this is new right here mm-hmm. and you know there should be no but you are right. you are absolutely right yeah. there's there's a lot of little things that you have to work out mm-hmm. along that uh road yeah i mean using that analogy you say like you if you buy a brand new computer and bring it right out of the box. Sure, that computer is brand new and it works great. But if you've never used a computer before, mm-hmm. it ain't going to do you any good. You end up pressing the wrong buttons. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that a few times. <laughs> and it may be in, it, it may be exciting, you know, like the brand new aspect of it at first. But to say that that excitement lasts, I think all of us in here have been married long enough to know that that uh, I, I love being married, but it's not always exciting mm-hmm. right it's still real life you mm-hmm. brought you, that was very interesting what what you said is, 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 is like it's kind of like when you buy something computer for instance let's let's just <laughs> stay with the computer analogy. let's just stay with the computer and you are playing with it or messing with it for for a little bit at first and then you, you're like man i don't even want to 
mess with it mm-hmm. no more. But we got to continue adding different apps to our marriage so that we can keep it excited. You got to continue getting things into your life, doing new things. Yeah, that's right. You know, like that's and, a good one. You can roll with so, that. So, <laughs> so, that's, yeah, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Megan. Yeah, I Megan. just I'm sitting here thinking I don't I don't really know how either one of my best friends who happen to be the wives of these two men here are going to feel about being compared to a computer. My wife is very smart. Let me tell you, very just, smart, just, just like, like a computer. computer. I know how to push my wife's buttons. Am I? Am I, am I, am I, am I <laughs> okay. Don't let Carol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to add? <laughs> Sorry, Megan. No, it's um, fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking from personal experience and, and talking about the issues that we had prior to marriage and thinking that they're going to be gone when we come into marriage, for my own personal life, I had a lot of trust issues stemming from childhood, um, things that happened with my parents, and then, of course, ex-boyfriends and this and that. And... I honestly, I always questioned would anybody be willing or able to stay with me um, long term. I can be difficult to live with. I get that. So, um, but thinking, going into marriage, I can remember thinking, okay, once Chris and I are married, that's it. I don't have to worry about that. That fear goes away instantly. We're man and wife. And that's not the case at all. Ten years into marriage last year, and I still had to struggle with those, those trust issues. So, I don't know how many of you are familiar with an app uh, called Whisper. Uh, essentially, it's an app that allows people to anonymously confess things and then get encouragement or, or advice from other people. At least that's how it's supposed to work. <clears throat> but uh, I want to read to you a few of these anonymous confessions that I found just on this topic uh, and get your take on them. Uh, one says, we always fight about money, and I just want to buy a bus ticket out of this marriage. Mm-hmm. One is, I caught my wife looking at porn a few months ago, and I'm convinced that it's because she doesn't find me attractive. Uh, next is, my husband has never trusted me. He reads my texts and my emails and always demands to know where I am, even though I've never done anything to deserve this. And then the last one I have is, my husband got really mad and slapped me last night. He's never done this before. I don't want to leave him, but I'm terrified he'll do it again. And of course, the replies to these confessions are almost unanimously the same, which are get a divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, there are some situations where that may be the only option, such as physical abuse or, or stuff like that. But at the same time, I know couples that have survived all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all legitimate issues, and I certainly don't mean to imply that, oh gosh, you guys are just being big babies, you need to suck it up. And But the problem is here that the idea that marriage is a cure-all, we don't prepare for these things to come up, and they catch us off guard, uh, usually within the first couple of years. And so we fight with each other with an, with an us-versus-them mentality <clears throat> mm-hmm. instead of fighting you know, like on the same team, fighting mm-hmm. for the marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think of these confessions? Do they surprise you? Not at all. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all, especially since they're anonymous. Um, they don't surprise me one bit. Um, and, and, of course, it also doesn't surprise me that the, the overriding answer to these things are get a divorce. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's the easy thing. Yeah. You know, and marriage isn't easy. Um, I, I've, I've given um, a few times during wedding ceremonies when I've been performing the 
the wedding, I'll even discuss how hard marriage is. And I realize I get some looks sometimes, but I don't want them to go into it. Yeah, it's it's a great day and it's exciting, and, and we've hit that already, how exciting it is initially. But I, I want people to have a very realistic view of marriage. You know, it's still real life. Hollywood is a load of garbage mm-hmm. when it comes to relationships. And uh, to get a divorce... Um, it, it's like you said, sometimes I can see where it's justifiable. Uh, even the Lord uh, and Moses in the Old Testament gave um, some situations and scenarios where it was okay. But um, I, <laughs> one thing that we do, and in, in is we all have young kids, uh, years of, well, Sippy's got a, a couple teenagers, so he's, he's closer, but kids that are starting to date and all of that type of stuff. You know, I heard, uh, I believe it was Vody Bauckham one time said that our dating system in the United States is a glorified divorce practice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, did she made you mad? We'll break up with her. Mm-hmm. You know, he was talking to another girl, we'll break up with him. Which in high school, I mean, maybe not that big a deal. But that's what we've seen. It yeah, is, we don't grow it, out of yeah, that yeah, mindset. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Like, I'm kind <laughs> of, um, I'm kind of bothered bothered about the app itself like why do you need a whisper app um the way that i usually handle stuff if something goes on we're going to talk about it and we learn to talk about things instead of having to turn to your your app and Mm -hmm. and and like go and tell the world expect you know like if it's anonymous but still what if you get a reply um Hey, why did you know you could get a reply of well, like what's your name? What should you know? Sure. I, I don't know. I don't. And know I'm sure that, that works. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It happens a lot. I want to. Yeah. I only want to take you on a long walk on the beach. You know, I don't want to <laughs> slap you. Yeah. You know, and then it's just going yeah. to you know it's going to add to that divorce thing. It's probably called a. It should be a divorce app. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. To be fair, that's. A just very, one subject. very small subject of oh, the yeah. whole app itself. But it still is just kind of. But yeah, I understand. Sketchy. Definitely do understand yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I think people don't understand about marriage anymore is that it's it's not just called a commitment because you're saying that you won't be with anybody else. It's called a commitment because you will stay with that person, richer, mm-hmm. poorer, better, worse, sickness, health. Um, you have to realize that a marriage is just two imperfect people who refuse to give up on each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Deidre didn't refuse to give up on me a decade ago, we wouldn't be coming up on our 11th year of marriage. We wouldn't have our little boy. And we wouldn't be the happy, recovering people we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, the bad times don't have to last forever if you fight for the marriage and not mm-hmm. against your spouse. Uh, so as we leave, can uh, you all give one piece of advice to maybe the engaged couples out there who are about to tie the knot? Um, I would say pick your battles. Sometimes you have to choose to either be right or be happy. And sometimes being happy is the better option. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, don't ever fall into the trap of the grass is greener on the other side. Um, if you're in a low point in your marriage or your engagement and um, you see another person out there that, that seems to be more alluring, seems to be better than your current spouse or, or fiancé, uh, just remember that you felt the same way about your current fiance initially also. Mm-hmm. You'll find issues with everybody that that, um, that that you come in contact with. It's better, especially for believers uh, in, in the Lord Jesus, to uh, to stick it out. And, and as Matt has said, work for the marriage. And then I got two. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Right. The second one, is, I, hope the, I hope this is you don't the one to be. All right, if I take mine. it, we'll cut this out. All right. <laughs> the second one is invest more 
time, money, and effort in your marriage than you do the wedding ceremony. Mm. People will spend $15,000 on a wedding ceremony and won't spend $100 to save their marriage. Mm. I got, um, I like know that we are, we are going to have our disagreements. We are, and it's okay to have disagreements. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you could say, you could argue is okay sometimes. It's okay to work that stuff out instead of just, instead of just suppressing it. Work it out. If you have to argue a little bit, it's okay. But remember, you guys are on the same team. We're on the same team with our spouse. So who is the winner? There's not a winner. You're on the same team. And so um, I guess it's okay to argue and to disagree about certain things. Mm-hmm. And it is very, it, it really builds a marriage. But then remember that you are on the same team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, mine would be this. The Bible says in Ephesians, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Uh, my wife and I have been as committed as possible to finishing the fight, even long before we were married. If we're going to fight... Uh, we're going to fight it out immediately. Our rule is that we have to be okay before we go to sleep. Uh, I won't lie, sometimes that meant some late nights, uh, but it's kept us from letting resentment creep into our marriage, mm-hmm. uh, keeps us from throwing past mistakes in each other's faces, and it helps us to fight fair. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get married, be prepared to fight for it, like Sippy just reiterated a minute ago. Mm-hmm. It'll be worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Kevin, Megan, and Cipriano for joining me today. And a big thank you to Kevin Reddick, our music man. We're going to go home and hug our spouses. But first, final word. Kevin, go. Uh, champion, again. Final word. Megan, go. Rigged, again. <laughs> final word. Cipriano, go. The ones that pray together, stay together. There we go. go. That's all for this episode of the Back Row Podcast. Remember, if you need a place to sit, you're always welcome in the back row. section number one of this back row rewind but we got another one coming right up in this next episode they're going to be talking about some well some serious business guys so just stick around it's going to be a good you're listening to the back row rewind the best of matt and mo oh man this is great. This is so great. I love canvassing. What a great way to spend my time. It's a good idea. But I'm just not sure. Okay. Which part are you not sure about? Turning the pit into a park. That's kind of the whole thing. Look, I think this is a great idea, but I can't make any forum. I would have to get a babysitter. How old are your kids? Four and two. Could the four-year-old watch the two-year-old? Okay. In the second episode of the first season of Parks and Recreation, we see the entire gang going out canvassing. They are taken to the streets, into the neighborhoods, knocking on doors, inviting people to come to a public forum about their project to put a park in the pit. Of course, it turns out to be a disaster because anybody who would be in favor of the park just can't make the time to get there, and anybody who's opposed to it, well, they've got all the time in the world. 
but that's typically how it goes, especially in ministry. In our churches, there are loads of activities and ideas and ministries that we all love, all think are fantastic ideas, but when it comes to helping out, well, we just can't seem to make the time. And so we're always on a lookout for anybody carrying a clipboard looking for volunteers because we don't want to get caught in what feels like a filibuster. Boom. They can't touch you if you talk forever. Ministry leaders are desperate for volunteers, and it's harder and harder to find them. Even in this past year where all of us have had more free time than ever, we've still been unwilling to help when help is needed. The Bible says in 1 John 3.18, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I could go on for another hour with enough verses to fill it that will explicitly let you know that God doesn't want you to sit on your hands. God wants you to devote some of your life to serving others, some of your life to ministry that glorifies his name. But instead, churches are still suffering with that 80-20 principle, where 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. And that's not only not fair, it's an incredible burden you're putting on people. If just a few more of us would take a couple rocks off of the mountain that these volunteer leaders are carrying, things would become a lot easier. But instead, we have them waste their time and energy chasing us down in our church foyers and parking lots. Oh, he said some upsetting things. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch on the Back Row Morning Show every Monday, right here on LTN Radio. You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. Welcome back to the Back Row Rewind, and today we're taking a look at three special marriage-focused episodes of the Back Row Baptist podcast, the very first project that Matt and Mo had together. And uh, in the first hour, it was, you know, it was kind of a little bit more lighthearted talking about, you know, the, the misconception that, you know, once you get married, kind of all your problems are going to be solved. But this, this segment right here is a little bit more on the serious note uh, of a testimony type. Uh, this is Mo actually letting her guard down and sharing the, uh, well... You know, the worst time in her and Chris's marriage. Uh, I think you'll find it encouraging if this is something that maybe you're struggling with, too, or or maybe your your marriage is going through a tough time. Uh, it's it's not just you. You know, every marriage will have some bad years, but that doesn't mean that it's destined for failure. Far from it, in fact. So let's uh, let's go back in time a bit. now tuned in to the Back Row Baptist. Welcome to episode 14 of the podcast. I'm Matt Coker, Ministry Director of the Back. And sitting next to me today is Megan Oaks. Introduce yourself, Megan. Hi, Matt. I'm Megan. (laughs) (laughs) So Megan has been a regular on the show for a while now. Uh, But fun fact, originally her first appearance was going to be for this specific episode, but I pushed this episode back a bit. So I invited her on for one normal show and she took to it so well that we just had to keep asking her back. So Mainly because it's hilarious to see how much she wants to beat Kevin in a game. Uh, How do you like being a regular on the show, Megan? Honestly, I love it. I really, really do. Maybe I'll just have like a 
my own radio talk show one day, and and I'll be your competition. This is the this is the leaping off point. We'll be the front row back for the for the Megan Radio Network. <laughs> so now Megan has also been a devotional writer on the back row for several months now, and she shared her testimony on the site uh, via a written format and a video uh, of her giving her testimony at our church's Celebrate Recovery program, where both of us volunteer. Now, you started volunteering at RCR when uh, I was taking a year off to focus on the launch of the back row. Mm-hmm. Uh, about how long ago did you actually start volunteering? I started volunteering probably five months ago, maybe maybe six months ago. Just six months ago? Mm-hmm. Yep. We didn't start attending until 13 months ago. So Okay. So you started attending when I was off, but you started volunteering about the same time I came back then. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so here's a big one. Why did you start volunteering at CR? Why did I start volunteering? Mm-hmm. Because within the first six months of attending CR, it honestly had such a life-changing impact on not only my personal outlook on life, but on my marriage and parenting, um, every aspect of my life that I could take those 12 steps and use them towards And then I wanted to just share that. When you know better, you do better, and then you want to share better with the people that you love and care about. So I I really had a heart for the women that we're in small group with, and um, I just wanted to share that and see them grow in their recovery. Well, for those of you who don't know, uh, Celebrate Recovery is a faith-based 12-step program that uh, deals with people struggling with all kinds of hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Of course, this includes alcohol, drugs, and stuff like that, but it also includes uh, pornography, uh, overeating, spending problems, marriage issues, anger, frustration, all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, It works very well for anybody who actually comes and works the program. It's something that we espouse here at the Back Row, uh, recommend to a lot of people who come to us, uh, and uh, it's a program that I can't recommend enough because it's, it's at its heart, a Christian maturity factory. It teaches mm-hmm. you how to live the Bible uh, by putting it into some succinct steps mm-hmm. that you can follow. How's the experience been for you volunteering at CR? Like, how, do you, how do you minister there? Um, volunteering, it's been amazing, but there are days where Thursday nights when we meet, I will go home and just feel emotionally exhausted because you begin to wear the burdens of the people that you share things with. And, um, you go home and you can't just leave that two and a half hours that you spend with that group of people and just walk out the doors and forget about the things that were said and the things that were shared you then carry their burdens and that's not a bad thing. It can be exhausting. It can be hard. It can be emotional, but at the same time, it can remind us one, how wonderful and how loving our savior is Mm -hmm. that he carried those burdens for us. But two, really the call that I feel like we have as Christians to walk alongside each other and to encourage each other in our walk, no matter what our struggles are. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we're here for you to tell us your story, your testimony about how God is, uh, what God has done in your marriage and how he's working on you in your daily walk, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. So let's start in the middle, like any good story. Okay. Uh, tell us about day one, when things broke down and you realized that there needed to be a change in your life. Okay. Um, day one would be February 22nd, 2015. Um, it was a Sunday. We had a guest speaker Sunday morning. 
at church, and uh, there was a conversation between myself and another member where I was asked to do something, and I agreed right off the bat without talking to Chris about it. And for whatever reason, that was like the needle on top of the haystack for Chris, and our entire ride home was an argument. Um, him not being able to understand why I wanted to serve and why I felt like I didn't have to talk to him about that or consult him, so to speak, um, about that. And it was just one thing on top of another, on top of another. And as he was cooking lunch for the family, um, I pushed his buttons as hard as I could because I knew what he was thinking. I feel like a woman's intuition, uh, we don't give that enough credit sometimes. And a lot of times our, as a wife, we just know what our husbands are thinking, even if we don't want to know. Um, and I knew what he was thinking in that instance. And instead of comforting him or loving him or or showing him what I should have shown him as a wife, I pushed those buttons and pushed him to walk out the door, honestly. Um, I kept saying, just say it, Chris, just say it. Until finally he slammed the spoon down that he was stirring the spaghetti with and said, fine, I'm done, and put on his shoes and walked out the door. <sighs> Um, so let's go back to the beginning. Um, tell us about your life and your marriage leading up to this moment. Okay. Um, for the most part, I had a really easy, wonderful um, childhood. I My biological parents divorced before I can even remember. I never remember them being together. I was younger than two by the time that they divorced. But... By the time I was three, my mom had um, met my stepdad who adopted me and loved me and cared for me, and I call him dad. He is who I look up to as a father figure. Um, we grew up in a Christian home. I had one brother, um, and I spent summers with my, my dad and my stepmom, but for the most part, my family unit was my mom and my stepdad and my younger brother. Uh, when I was 15, my parents were youth leaders. My dad was the sound man in the church. My mom um, did secret secretarial positions here and there for the church. They were very, very involved in our church. We were there every night for one reason or another. When I was 15, my mom was planning a bridal shower for her best friend and took my dad's car for the day and happened to find evidence of an affair, a long-term affair that had been going on for years. And it hit our family to the core. I've never expected it. I don't think anyone in our family ever expected it. And at that point, um, being 15, I was very vulnerable. I understood what a marriage should look like. I understood what a husband was supposed to be and what a wife was supposed to be. Um, and yet I just watched as my family, who I always thought was the perfect family, just crumble and fall. Um, my parents went back and forth for many years, uh, trying to work things out and then deciding that it wasn't worth it. And, uh, that was a, a really difficult time for me up until I got married at 19. And to be honest, when I got married, there was, I honestly probably shouldn't have 
have made that step at that time in my life. I was not fully trusting of Chris from the time that I met him, but it was nothing because of what he had done. Every relationship from the time that I was 15 until my marriage, I didn't trust the person. Hmm. I always said if I couldn't trust my dad, the one man who I was supposed to have full trust in, then who could I really trust? Um, So I would make people pay for this mistake, this huge life-altering mistake that my father had made. So for 10 years, Chris and I had been married, and for 10 years I would question if he was gone for longer than I thought he should be gone at work. He would come home, well, who were you with? What were you doing? And Lord forbid if he said anything about a girl that he works with because then my mind is racing a million miles a minute. Mm. He must be having an affair. Um, I would be pinning him to this cross that he he had no right to be nailed to, so to speak. Um, and that was all because of hurt that I never got over from my parents' marriage. And, and knowing firsthand all the intimate details of what happened within their marriage. So for Chris, I I like to say that, honestly, he's one of the strongest men that I could ever know for putting up with (laughs) my nonsense for an entire decade of pointing my finger and putting blame on him for something that he never did. I don't think I could have lasted 10 years had the shoe been on the other foot and Mm. had he been pointing fingers at me. So... Honestly, I'm extremely grateful for his patience and longevity in that situation. All right, so you get to this moment, uh, 10 years in now, where the boiling point's finally reached and uh, Chris walks out. So Mm -hmm. what happens next? In that moment, um, it hit me like a ton of bricks, truthfully. I fell to my knees and just stared at the door. Our three children were in the other room. No doubt that they heard the argument. No doubt that they knew what was going on. Not proud of that in the least bit. Um, However, having my children, specifically my oldest son, come to me and he then wrapped his arms around me and knew what was happening, knew that there were there was an issue between mom and dad and he just looked at me and prayed and prayed and asked that Chris would come home and for my son to do that it was not only comforting but it was eye-opening because instead of being angry at Chris for walking away um, I then began to pray that same prayer and I prayed that conviction would hit his heart and that the burden would be so heavy that he would want to come home. And that was probably the first 12 hours that I prayed for, was that he would come home. But after that first 12 hours, I kind of had a slap in the face where I realized my prayers needed to not be for him, but for myself and for a change within myself. Because if Chris were to come home and I was still that same wife, he would have just walked away again because it would have just been the same situation. But I then realized something needed to change within me. It wasn't just an issue on Chris's part. We've heard about what led up to the change and and, uh, how that began to transpire. So tell us about this last year. Um, This last year has been, it's honestly, it's been really hard, 
but then it's been amazing at the same time. There have been realities about myself that I would have never faced had it not been for CR and for those 12 steps that I had to walk through. Um, there have been things that I've learned about Chris in ways that he and I can have a better marriage, can have better communication with each other. I can be more um, comforting in certain situations instead of being so frustrated. But at the same time, it's been a difficult, difficult process for me to give up that idea of every man is like my dad, my husband is going to make the same mistakes as my dad, and to fully and completely trust Chris with everything. Um, not only did I, in this past year, have the trust issues with my dad and his affair, but now I have these issues of, well, you walked out once, what, who's to say that you won't do it again? <laughs> so for probably the first four or five months, every time that there was an argument or a disagreement or, or anything, I really began to realize how codependent I had became because I was terrified of him walking out the door. Mm. So I would try to resolve every situation in the best way possible with as little waves as possible. And that was doing no good for anybody. Instead of us resolving things, I was just harboring more and more and more anger and, and animosity stuffing, stuffing and stuff down. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that, that was doing no good. I had to learn how to not fear the unknown, not fear whether or not he was going to walk out the door. I had to learn how to give that fully and completely up to God and trust not only my husband, but trust God and trust that God's hand is in our marriage. Um, so it's been, without a doubt, one of the hardest years going from year 10 to year 11. But at the same time, I am more in love with Chris now than I have been in probably six years, which <laughs> is insane to think. But it's so fun at the same time to kind of feel and act like newlyweds all over again with these three kids running around bothering the mess out of us. <laughs> <laughs> so when he, um, after he walked off that, that day, what transpired? When did he come back? He spent three nights out of the home and came back um, on a Wednesday night. And so I actually came to, we have prayer service here mm -hmm. every Wednesday at the church. And I came to prayer service and opened up that night about just some of the things that Chris and I were going through. I didn't, I, I didn't let everybody know all the gory details, but I asked for prayer for our marriage that we would be reconciled. And when we came home, when the kids and I came home from church that evening, Chris was there. He had stopped by every day just to see the kids while he was gone, but he didn't spend the night. He didn't stay home, and he was very standoffish towards me. Hmm. And he would say, I don't want to give you false hope. I'm, I am done. I've made my decision. I'm done. Um, but I kept pushing and kept pushing and kept trying to inch my way in there, kept trying to love on him every day. And so Wednesday when we came home, he was there waiting on the couch for us, knew that we would be at church, knew what time we would come home. He was there waiting on the couch, and I just looked at him, and he said, I'm staying, but we'll see how this goes. So that was my itty-bitty little grain of hope. Speck of hope, yeah. And I just held on to it as long as possible. And so you all started to... 
to work on things, and then eventually, how long was it until you started coming to Celebrate Recovery? We, okay, so that was in February. We started coming to Celebrate Recovery in May, the first week of May. So without knowing it, um, we kind of started to cling to certain couples within the church, couples who were around our same age, that we could um, really learn from and lean on and kind of be honest with. Mm -hmm. And one of those couples was Sippy and Samantha. And Sippy, without even realizing it, would put in the bug about CR, you know, because CR is his baby. Right, yeah. <laughs> so he was putting in this bug about CR. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, that I'm not a drug addict, Sippy. I'm not an alcoholic. Why do I have to go to CR? And he asked us to volunteer one day, and that that was one day in May, one Thursday. I think it was the first Thursday night in May. It was chip night, so it was the first Thursday night in May. And um, I walk in, and immediately tears are already falling. Mm-hmm. Not the first word has been said. Nobody has spoken anything, but tears are already falling. And so I'm already thinking, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. I sit down. We have praise and worship. It's the best praise and worship that I had heard in years. By this point, I'm a blubbering mess. There are no tissues anywhere to be found. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there sobbing. And I look over at Chris, and he's not... He's emotional, but not in public. He's not one to share his his emotions. Right. I think it was a year before I saw him smile for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. He's he's very stone cold. (laughs) Until you get to know him. Um, But I look over and you can just see on his face that he too knew that it was where we were supposed to be. Um, So it was after that first Thursday that I really thought, okay, this isn't just for addicts. This is for people who are dealing with issues that keep them from being the people that God created them to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... uh... You know, CR is not a, a cure-all, and, and, of course, with marriage issues like this, um, you can't just expect to, uh, to flip a switch and everything mm-hmm. to be good. But the fact that after a few nights away to, to think things through, that he decided that you know he was going to still give it a shot mm-hmm. and not just completely walk away and be done as he as he thought he was going to be um you know it takes it takes that kind of commitment even a little bit of commitment but enough mm-hmm. uh from both parties to begin to heal uh and unfortunately that's something that doesn't happen a lot uh in America today and I can't even say it's just you know outside of the church right. the divorce rate is the exact same for Christians as it is for um, anybody else, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to get to that place where you're, you almost have to become 100% unselfish just long enough to commit to that other person and realize that you're living for them as much as you're living for yourself. Absolutely. Um, so it takes, it takes that devotion. And I think CR, uh, in my life, uh, in, uh, it's played a big role in my marriage as well, has been the jumping off point for me to come to a lot of good realizations about the relationships that we have that I might not have reached 
trying to do this all on my own. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't... People listening, I don't want to say, you know, come to CR and it'll solve all your marriage problems. Yeah. But... (laughs) But uh, if you come in it, come to it with the right heart, with uh, with uh, the right desires to to be both a better person for God and for your spouse, uh, and to put your spouse before yourself, mm-hmm. that God will bless that. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, it requires two people doing that often for it right. to work with marriage. But uh, when things started happening for you uh, in that week. We weren't really friends, close friends Mm-mm. at the time. Uh, I had had a few conversations with you and Chris, less with Chris. I remember, I don't know if it was, I think it might have been Sunday night or it might have been that Wednesday, mm-hmm. but I saw you and Kara talking in your car mm-hmm. and I saw that you were visibly upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't ask. I wasn't there when y'all spoke about it in service. Uh, I didn't know what was going on or what had happened until right. several uh, months later. But um, having been in a situation where I could have destroyed my marriage mm-hmm. and I'm it's only for the grace of Daedra Uh, And Deidre will tell you it's only by the grace of God that she had this strength Mm -hmm. that uh, we're together because she had every right to leave me at the time. And I knew, you know, you could, I could obviously tell that it was most likely something involved with your marriage when Mm -hmm. I saw you there. And uh, I remember that night praying for you and for Chris, uh, just knowing something was wrong, something was broken. And, uh, to have gotten closer to you and to Chris this past year, um, and to see um, basically my whole uh, friendship with you is to, has been seeing you two fix what was messed up and grow closer together. And right. uh, as you say, you're more in love now than you've ever been. To see that has been an inspiration to me, mm-hmm. and it's been a joy in my uh, in my heart to see that, to see the love that you guys have, uh, and to know what could have happened Mm -hmm. and what you both were faithful enough to let happen and Mm -hmm. to grow out of that. Mm -hmm. I find that uh, inspiring. So I want to ask if someone were to come to you saying that, let's say a woman, if a woman came to you saying that she was struggling with the same thing, Mm -hmm. having a hard time trusting her husband or maybe uh, with struggling with jealousy, something like that is keeping them from being as close as they could be to their husband. What advice would you give them to uh, start to overcome this? Well, there's a a couple of things that I've learned. Um, And the first one being that no matter what my husband is doing, um, Chris has never, that I am aware of, but I can say with 100% certainty, never had an affair, never cheated on me. But I don't know his thoughts. Only God does. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, regardless of what he does, whether in public or in private or whatever, that's not my job to judge him. It's not my job to carry that uh, burden. It's not my job to carry that cross. That's something that he and God have to deal with. It's my job as his wife to love him and to support him and to stand by him. I struggle with sin every single day, and my sin is different 
than your sin. It's different than Chris's sin. It's different than Deidre's sin. But it's sin. And in the eyes of God, it's all equal. And like I said, my job is to love him as his wife and to support him. The second thing that I've learned is sometimes it's better to be happy than to be right. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow. I really... My dad used to tell me that I was going to be a lawyer one day because I would argue my point even if I knew I was wrong. And I would end up winning that argument somehow 90% of the time. Just just through through pure determination. Exactly. Perseverance. (laughs) The only way you're walking away is if I win this argument. That's exactly right. Um, So that's a quality that I've really had to rein in and realize that it's not the best quality to have. And there are times where I just have to give up that that feeling of having to be right and just choose to be happy and to be in love with my husband. Yeah, I think we talked about that on the marriage uh, podcast mm-hmm. where we were focusing on remembering that when we're arguing with each other, we need to remember that we're arguing like two teammates on the same team should argue, which should ultimately have the goal of fixing the problem and becoming a better team. Right. Not two opposite teams trying to tear each other down mm-hmm. and leave the other one bloodied and battered and weaker for the next time. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, that's good. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we close? Um, I, I really just want to encourage not only the women but men out there who are in a tough time within their marriage. To I just want to say don't give up. Um, it may seem awful. It may seem hopeless. It may seem like it's never going to get better. But I promise you that with God's grace, um, if you continue to pray and seek God first, there will be a good outcome. There will be hope. There's always hope in our Savior. Um, Regardless of what the outcome is, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances, God works all things together for the good of those who love him. Um, Seek God first. Trust him. Trust God. If you can't trust anyone else, trust him. And he will work all things together for your good. And with that, we're going to wrap it up for today. All right, we're going to take another break right here. We really hope that you were able to get something out of that. Now, that testimony is uh, several years old at this point. So, uh, it's it's good to be able to come back here about about five years after the fact and tell you uh, they're doing just fine. In fact, I think they're in a the healthiest place that they've ever been in their marriage. And the same is true for, for myself and my wife. You know, we had a few years, uh, several years, in fact, that were very, very rough and a couple where we thought we might not survive the thing. But uh, God is faithful if you will stick to that commitment that you made when you got married to see these things through in the best of times and the worst of times. Now, when we get back one more episode, I think almost a year in the future from this past one, where we're going to be talking about John and Hillary, uh, two of our, our, our favorite guests here on the podcast, on the show. And, uh, of course, I do the Two Words podcast with John for Love Thy Nerd. Uh, We're going to hear about their relationship and getting ready for their marriage. You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe.
You are not disposable. Several years ago, my mother-in-law said these very words to me, and I had never realized how much I needed to hear them until that day. At the time, my marriage was rocky, I felt insignificant as my role as a stay-at-home mom, and almost always felt invisible or at best merely tolerated in social settings. I kind of felt like the off-brand trash bags you buy on a whim in hopes that they'll be as good as the trusty name-brand ones, but you quickly realize that they absolutely suck, yet you don't want to waste your money, so begrudgingly you continue using them, cursing their existence every time they break under pressure. Unwanted, frustrating, less than, not as good as, lacking purpose, disposable. Hearing my mother-in-law with all the loving kindness and a splash of firmness sprinkled in reminded me that I am not an off-brand trash bag are words that still find themselves echoing in my mind from time to time today, and I'm sure they always will. When you find yourself in doubt, feeling unwanted and underappreciated, remember this truth. God does not make mistakes. He is purposeful in everything he does, including your creation. He has never once looked at you with regret. To him, your life is significant. So significant, in fact, that he sent his son to die for it. Stand firm in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And his handiwork is anything but disposable. Listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. Welcome back to the very final segment of today's Back Row Rewind, where it's been a trifecta of marriage-related episodes from the Back Row Baptist Podcast. The very first vessel for uh, Matt and Moe's antics. And uh, we've already had two semi-serious Segments, And then this last one is going to be celebrating more uh, a new marriage. It's going to be talking about our buddy John from the Two Words Podcast and his wife, Hillary, who uh, has filled in on this show on on several occasions throughout the years. And uh, basically all the fun that surrounded that and their relationship. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it, too. So here we go. You are now tuned in to the Back Row Baptist, the official podcast of the Back Row. I'm your host, Matt Coker, and sitting next to me today is John Berkey. Hi, my name is John Berkey, and I've recently just kissed being single goodbye. And Hillary Peltz. I'm getting married! Oh, <laughs> uh, my name is Hillary. And marriage is what brings us together today. I went to Homestar instead of the other thing. Homestar Runnel is the only one for you. No, it did what brings us here today. You think he's still ordained? (laughs) No, he's not. All right, that's right. We are just a few short weeks away from the wedding of John and Hillary. And today... And today we're just going to talk about wedding stuff. Uh, Before we do that, though, (laughs) let's play a game. Today, today we're going to play Before and After Love Songs. 
Not necessarily Christian songs. These songs are ones heard in weddings and receptions all around the country. And for this game, I've mashed up two songs, and there is one missing word. That word is the last word of the first song, first word of the second song, and you must guess that word. Painted. Yeah. First word, first, first, first person to blurt out three correct answers first wins. What's the name of that Muppet that talks like that? Uh, Swedish Chef. So good. So, this is not for the back row fee, because John lost it in the last podcast. I had some I had some ring rust. <laughs> I came back after a long hiatus, got knocked off, but uh, don't worry, back. Cipriano Martinez, I'm gunning for you. <laughs> All right, so y'all understand the rules? No. Yes. Yes. You got to blurt the <laughs> answers. I do. All right. <laughs> Let's play before and after. Before <laughs> and after. Alright. First one. The power of blank me tender. Love. Love. John slightly beat you. Sherry <laughs> Lewis and the news. <laughs> and I don't need the, the bands. It's good. We're, we're brothers, I think. <laughs> no, that's power of love. The power of love is by Celine Dion. The the makes it. That's power of love. <laughs> Not bad. All right. Number two. This I promise blank are so beautiful. You! <laughs> Hillary was on it. In sync was the first one. One to one. <laughs> uh, Eric Clapton was the second one. I no, 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 no. Oh. You alfalfa. Not you alfalfa. are so beautiful. <laughs> Joe Cocker. Deja really likes that. To me. <laughs> Joe Cocker. Can't you see? Please don't cuss on my podcast. Um, number three. <laughs> Get it? Yeah, because we're not explaining. Never mind. <laughs> More than blank of love. Words. Yeah. Uh, words. More than words. More than words. We don't have the rights to these songs. <laughs> don't sing them. <laughs> Awkward. You're gonna have to cut all that out, and now I'm so upset. As Cap is gonna come for us. <laughs> um, number four, two to one, John's favor. <clears throat> number four, total eclipse of the blank heartbreak heart. Hell, I said heart. Oops. <laughs> but it's okay, because Hillary said it before I did. <clears throat> he said total eclipse, and I knew it was of the heart. Heart. Totally I just read. I read it straight through. Read it. I'm Goober. gonna cover up this one so I don't accidentally read Goober it. Nugget. All right, it's two to two. This will win for all the wedding Things. marbles, whatever. Wedding marbles, <laughs> bells. The spe- that, special wedding there? marbles. Y'all don't know about the wedding marbles yet. Uh, it's a whole ceremony. Um, it's gonna be good. I, I've already <laughs> lost all of my marbles. So I don't want any. All right, last one here. Love to love you, blank. I love your way. Baby. Yep. Baby. Baby. Notice the two songs I got were Insane and Blind Tyler. <laughs> hey, I mean, 
And that's the game. John wins. It's probably the last time he gets to say that. Since he'll be married the next time they're both here together. Yeah, sucker. He's contractually has to lose. That to just his wife. that just means that we've created we we will now have created a faction on the back row. <laughs> And like, it really just doesn't matter which one of us has the back row feet because we will be the back row ca- couple. Yes. The Berkey Club. <laughs> Johnny and Hilly Burkles. Right? Hilly Burkles. D Burkeration X. B Generation X. Okay, sure. No. And that's going to do it for game time. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. No more games. Today we're talking about marriage, specifically the fun of preparing for it. Nope. As we've talked about. a lot to talk about. <laughs> as we've talked about in previous episodes, John and Hillary met at the Celebrate Recovery Summit in 2015, and shortly after that began dating. And shortly after that, Hillary moved to our town. And shortly after that, they got engaged. And that now, was not very short. Shortly after that, within a year, I'm sorry. Yeah. Shortly after that, they will be getting married. Yeah, we will. <laughs> First question. Are y'all excited? I'm excited to not have to be planning a wedding anymore. <laughs> Heck yes. Um, yeah, you get to add a benefit of trying to cram it into like three months. Three months. Total. Three and a half total months. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty insane. We planned ours for like a year. It felt like. <clears throat> Ain't no reason to do that. Ain't nobody got time for that. No. Nope. Ain't nobody got time for that. No. Nope. I want to... Like, I already have uh, taken over part of his bank account, you know. Well, we, but uh, I just, I want to continue. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, where's my wallet? Because I said the other day, I said, give me your wallet. And he just, like, put it in my hand. And I said, sweet. <laughs> where's your going, wallet now, sweetheart? Going good already? I'm not, I think you have it. Is it my purse? <laughs> yeah, she has it as we speak. Uh, oh, yeah, my gosh. Well, and, Everybody's like, oh, bro, how short time? I'm like, yeah, we we, we hashed out most of the details within, like, a week. Yep. Very efficient wedding planner. Yeah. So what have you two been doing to prepare for the wedding itself? Um, planning it. But how? Praying she doesn't realize that she doesn't want to marry me until it's too late. <laughs> um, you know, so we did, we got my dress. Oh. Yeah. Um, she made a chipmunk face. I did. Um, <laughs> Chipmunks don't have that many teeth. Which I'm thankful she does. Are you saying I have a lot of teeth? You have a lot of teeth. You have you so sh- many teeth. Are you sure Hillary? you want to marry someone <laughs> with so many teeth? For a chipmunk, you have a lot of teeth. You got like 48 teeth in there. Uh, That's way too many. <laughs> no, I've got like 29 teeth. Thanks. Not that I've counted. You don't have an even number of teeth? No. You don't have 32? No. That's if you have all your molars and your wisdom teeth, but mm. I don't. Uh, anyway, um, got my dress, got my shoe. Well, put my shoes on layaway. Because <laughs> <laughs> we broke. Yeah. Because we both hope. Uh, we put, you know, my ring on layaway. <laughs> my wedding band. I've got my engagement ring. Is this beautiful. Walmart layaway here? No, this is <laughs> this is legit like Gordon's layaway. Like real layaway here. Yeah. yeah. My wedding band costs more than my shoes like all my shoes okay like every shoe that you own yeah together okay i'm not saying i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's supposed to be more than more than a lot of things yeah no not just um, shoes and it's beautiful too um yeah i have not started writing my vows yet though yeah that's not important (laughs) 
I wrote these on a napkin that I got at Starbucks this morning. Sorry, sweetheart. Part, part of it was already on there. It was the, the little inspirational quote. Caution. I thought it fit, so I left it in. Caution. Caution, you are hot. <laughs> I also think we're gonna do great. I promise to love you forever. Oh my god. The end. So Caution, contents will burn mouth. <laughs> and that's how I feel about you. And I wanted you to know that on this special day. That's, he wants to start his vows with a quote from Fight Club. Don't tell him what to quote from Fight Club. Though. I'm not. It's very, I mean. First yeah, rule I'm of like, marriage club. <laughs> don't. We don't talk about marriage club. <laughs> no, because I, what we do there, my, it's usually naked. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Heck yeah! <laughs> that's hey, that's the thing about marriage, man. Is it especially naked? for especially for Christians who try not to do stuff before they get married? Yeah, you mean once you get married, succeed? Uh, yeah, six, naked four. land, man. The doors to naked land just swing wide open. Yeah, I, I've, I've always good. like wondered couples who are married that that don't have sex. It's like, why are you doing this then? Oh, they're already married. They're already I'm sorry, married. I'm not picking up. I wasn't picking up what you were putting. Yeah, out. I wasn't either. Picked it up now. See what you're saying. Uh, Agreed. I've never <laughs> had a conversation <laughs> with a couple that hasn't done that. I've never had either, but I don't. I don't. But you know they exist. I know they exist. I just, I just don't like. I don't care about people. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't say. No, that. I, I care about people. I don't like anyone. I don't care about. But I don't me. care about people's and sex lives. Her. Yeah, uh, that's true. I don't care about anybody's sex life except. Yeah. Well, that throws my the rest of my podcast right out the window then. <laughs> I'm we kidding. were going to discuss it. Ew, Next yeah. question. Uh, Next question. Now, I, I have I have started working on my vows. That's okay. Finish. But my um, my hope is to put as many movie references <laughs> as possible because that's that's one of the big things for Hillary and myself is we love movies. Will there be a prize for people listening if they guess how many? You yes. Can put, yeah, you can. Put, <laughs> oh, Matt. I'll put this yeah. is a great we'll idea. We'll put in the in the in the, the program the program. A list, and it'll have one, two, three, four, and five. You, and have, you have to, to name each movie. Each movie referenced in John's vows. From his vows? No, but I'm going to put some in my vows. Oh, awesome. Extra points if you can come up with, with the, quotes that I didn't intentionally put in there. Because <laughs> they're going to happen. I remember. Half, half the things you say are references to other things. Yes. I remember when I came home and said, hey, you've got mail. <laughs> one. <laughs> What's your question, Matthew? Number two, and we kind of been talking about this already, but it's kind of more serious. What have, and okay, preference, pref, preface, preface, preface. I'm going to preface this by saying. I'm not talking about sex stuff. What have you two been doing to prepare for actually being <laughs> husband and wife? Um, we have done our premarital counseling. Yeah. Um, based off of the book, Saving Your Marriage Before It Happens, mm. which I just love I um, I love all of the things that we did um, taking we took an assessment each we each took an assessment that was separate we weren't allowed to talk about it that way our answers were truthful and they were honest and we weren't trying to match up our Not answers on each um, because it had a lot to do with our spiritual life and and um, 
you know, finances and things like that, where, how we held money and, and things like that. So being completely honest and then kind of going through that and, and seeing that um, we want to be spenders or we want to be savers, but we are definitely spenders and, mm. and you know, different but things like that. But it kind of did, it did kind of interesting take the turn of, uh, you know, you go through the book and it's like all of our answers are very, very similar. Similar, but we're also polar opposites for some things. But that evens each we even each other out, which is a great, a great thing that our um, premarital the therapist uh, Maggie says. <laughs> She's lovely. Shout out to you, Maggie. Go, Maggie. Uh, has any part of that process surprised you guys yet? Um, I don't think it's surprising. I think it's. No. Um, it's things you know you don't there are things that you don't want to talk about with people um especially your uh it's it's going to sound strange there's some things you don't want to talk about with your significant other you know you got to and so you do but there's just some things like i don't want to talk about this right now um and you just sometimes you just got to get those things out in the open you know can I be 100% honest here? I would love you and, to be 100% honest. Uh, we're going to get a little more awkward because it is about sex, but I'm not going to. It's not. You know what? I'm just going to say it. Say it, Instead Matthew. of mumbling through it. Say it, Matthew. Deidre and I have been married for like 11 years. Yes, you have. We are still uncomfortable using actual real words about sex <laughs> with each other. Where, you know, we, call, you know, we do a lot of you knows and... and <laughs> The things, and you know, <laughs> a lot of that kind of stuff. <laughs> not, not actual should words. Should we? Should we? You know, tonight should that be a thing? I don't know. What do you think about the thing? I don't. I could come home, have the lobster bisque, yada yada yada. Yada yada. To sleep yes. by eleven. We yada yada a lot of things, and I think, <clears throat> I think that's because you yada yada a lot a lot of. <laughs> a lot a lot of. I think oh, that's because, funny. of course, it is because. You know, raised in the Christian culture, mm-hmm. up until the moment you are married, it's just you are not supposed to ever talk about sex. That's kind of how the idea is. It's the crazy is thing about it is, it. especially like I grew up, I grew up Southern Baptist, and what I was taught from a very young age was, you don't talk about it, you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, um, being an adult, you know, walking into a marriage with a great uh, man who is also a Southern Baptist. Um, but, um, you know, having to have these conversations about about sex and about, you know, even finances are awkward to talk about because you don't talk about money. Um, but, you know, having to have these conversations and I, it really made me realize that I want to prepare my children, our children, for, you know, it should not be awkward because if we raise our kids knowing that it is a gift from God, that should not be a taboo subject, but that should be celebrated at the proper time. And revered. You know, yes. Something respected. Then it's not awkward. Not, yeah. Because it shouldn't ever be one of those things where it's like, ooh, I can't do it. I can't talk about it. I can't I can't say anything. Because I, I had lots of friends growing up who were taught, just like I was, don't talk about it, don't do it. And it, it, was, yeah, it shouldn't be a shameful subject. And, you know, they grew That's up and we they were like, well, I'm not, I'm not allowed yeah. to talk about it. But this guy says he loves me, so I guess... Since I can't ask any questions, I'm just going to go ahead and, and yeah. do it. And that's not how it should be. It should be, Mom, this is what somebody said to me. Talk to me about this. It should be one of those subjects about, like, a lot like report cards. Nobody wants to talk about report cards and grades, but it's one of those things that, that you need to talk about. And I Especially think, when you're like me and you get a non-satisfactory in PE. <laughs> it's just one of those things that needs to be addressed appropriately. Because children cannot, should not be raised 
with thinking that it's bad because it's from God, so it's not bad. Right. I didn't follow the report card thing because I got all A's. I always wanted to talk about my report card. I didn't. <laughs> you should see this report card. <laughs> Mama, look at it. Mama, look at my report card. I am so good at math. <laughs> all right. Um, last question. What can people who attend your wedding and reception expect? Breakfast foods. <laughs> You're going to walk in. Lights are going to be dim. <laughs> We're can, we do do the that? Ser- can we the do the lights? No. The service is... We can, we can turn them on. We can turn we can a turn couple off. of them off. I hate you. You don't have to have them all on. I'm not having my wedding at this church anymore. <laughs> Forget it. The wedding's off. <laughs> hey, no, it's not hey, off. Okay, Maybe. lights. Forget it. It's, it's almost free. Yeah, never mind. We're back having a wedding here. <laughs> back on. Back on. All right. Um, Glad we had this talk. We need to talk. We have been in... Uh, in discussion and there was a little bit of negotiating they had to go back and forth uh, and it was mostly a mistake on Hillary's part big she made mistake. a mistake big because mistake. I she was like yeah we do breakfast foods we do casseroles we'll do this and that and I was like oh awesome you know what would be really fun you know those chocolate fountains that you have in like Golden Corral or somewhere it's like flowing chocolate mm-hmm. you can dip stuff like what if you had a maple syrup fountain and she goes, she goes, no, that is dumb. And I'm it like, is dumb. For I'm the like, record, it is dumb. I'm like, come on, babe, please. And she goes, fine. You know what? You find somebody that'll build it, you can have it. Mistake. Because <laughs> she thought nobody can build a maple syrup fountain. Enter Johnny DeRay. Duke graduate holding a bachelor's in mechanical engineering. Wow. So it's happening? And it is happening. We're going to have like little waffle triangles on Yeah, little thing. You can stab it, dip it in there. Oh, man. I hate you, Little pieces of fried chicken. No. No. Chicken and waffles. No. (laughs) It is my day. No. No fried chicken? No fried chicken at my wedding. That's fine. I'm not going to. That's one less napkin I have to make. (laughs) You're making your own napkins. Yes, we're making are you pulping the wood yourself? We're, we're Shut up. <laughs> no, we're making cloth napkins. I walk so into the looming house. You're looming the cloths. I walk into the house and they're like, yeah, we're making napkins. And I'm like, are we Amish? <laughs> they're beautiful. Are, are we making the And they're, the, they're our take-home gift for thanking people for sparing, sharing. Sparing, sparing us. Sharing our special day with us. <laughs> Because you won't let me alone. Uh, no, false. I said our we parents could. won't let us alone. Yeah, I said we could, and you were like, no. no yeah, parents. you can't do that when you live in the same town as your family. Yeah, any of your family, because well, and you, know, you, you work you work for a church. You 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 gotta have a. Wedding. Oh, well, yeah, we just throw you an impromptu second wedding if yeah. that happened. You'd have no choice in the matter. Oh, you don't want to have a wedding? We just come bought on. you a new dress and paid for everything. So come on. We should have done should've that. Should have tried that. We should have yeah. just let right. that. We should have just told everybody we alone. <laughs> and then. <laughs> yeah, we'll have right. a ceremony, but y'all you have to pay for it. Sorry. Uh, can do. You know what? I don't. I uh. I think this went places I didn't expect, but I think it was a good show. It, I think yeah. we did a good show today. It felt like it. Uh, Backlash <laughs> last uh, last Sunday. WWE Backlash. No one expected it to be good. It was great. It was. Go Becky Lynch. Um, I want to be your friend. And uh, we fun, all do. do I think we all you. want to be. I just yeah. want to sit around and make puns with Becky Lynch. <laughs> just like 
And that about wraps up the show for today. We want to give our sincerest congratulations to John and Hillary. And the next time you hear them on this podcast at the same time, they will be man and wife. Yeah, yeah. Thank you to my guests today. Thank you to Kevin Reddick, our music man. And, of course, for all of you for listening. I'm going to let these guys go and make a few more napkins. But first, final word. Hillary, go. Just call me Mrs. Berkey. Oh, not yet. Final word. John, go. I do. Oh, baby. That was That's so the reverse funny. of what she said from before. Uh, what? <laughs> you said what? it when you introduced yourself, didn't you? That's nice, and I get married. Oh. I get married! You said it sometimes. Oh, I asked you, did you do you understand the rules? Yes, of the and game? I said, there you go. I do. So y'all both have said I do. That's what I'm getting at. Both eventually, yeah. Oh. Remember, if you're looking for us, <laughs> we'll be in the back. Bye! And that's going to do it for the Back Row Rewind for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed this trifecta of marriage-related podcasts from the original run of the Back Row Baptist Podcast with Matt and Mo. Uh, it was fun. It was fun reliving these old episodes, bad quality as they are, because uh, you know a lot of good memories went into those things. Hey, uh, that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with another Back Row Rewind next Thursday and uh, a new episode of Church Nerds tomorrow. And then, of course, the Back Row Morning Show will return with all new episodes next Monday through Wednesday. So be here or be square. And uh, final thought, Jesus loves you, nerd. Joining us for Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Mo. For more of Matt and Mo's antics, tune in every Monday through Wednesday for the Back Row Morning Show at 8 a.m. and again at 10 a.m. Eastern Time.